It's Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. This morning, a former aide to embattled New York Governor Andrew Cuomo accused him of sexual harassment. The governor's office has not yet denied the allegations, but we're quick to point out that no elderly people died because of it. People are criticizing Ted Cruz for spending much of yesterday's first Senate hearing about the Capitol riot typing on his phone. To be fair, it was cold in D.C., so Ted might have been on Priceline looking up flights. We'll wait for Heidi Cruz's friends to confirm. In a statement once again warning about Trump's effect on her party, GOP Congresswoman Liz Cheney said that Republicans need to make clear that they are not the party of white supremacy. If that fails, maybe they can tell us that they have a lot of friends who are black. GameStop's chief financial officer will resign by March 26th, according to a regulatory filing by the company. I'm going to tell him what my broker told me earlier this month. You should have gotten out of GameStop a lot earlier. Royal Caribbean Cruises CEO Richard Fain said new COVID-19 safety protocols will make taking a cruise safer than a walk Main Street. Of course, he didn't specify which Main Street, so he could mean Detroit. Amazon is offering a $2,000 resignation bonus to entice employees to quit ahead of a critical union vote in Alabama. You'd think Amazon wouldn't have trouble finding Alabamans willing to leave the union. Dunkin', the chain formerly known as Dunkin' Donuts, is now serving avocado toast. This move will now force hipsters to come up with a new meal to prove what elitist douchebags they are. In an interview, John Mayer said he almost cried five times while watching the Framing Britney Spears documentary. It might have been tears of sympathy, but knowing John's track record, it's probably because he couldn't believe that Justin Timberlake got some of that, and he didn't. The Hallmark Channel has announced layoffs as it restructures, but at least displaced workers were given their severance check inside a thoughtful card in lieu of the usual pink slip. DWI charges were dropped against Bruce Springsteen, whose blood alcohol level at the time of his arrest were well below the legal limits. Sure, he might have been born to run, but thanks to this, now he can drive too. Now let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Ayello, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Daily crew. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our DMI Daily podcast. Let's start with you, Pete. I think I'm so over this. I, I'm just saying it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth. I, mean, I don't have a good joke for you. To... How's everybody doing? <laughs> it was really hot today. I actually broke a sweat today. It got warm. Yeah, I have my fan on, actually. Yeah. So, uh... It's a long day today. Danny. What's wrong with avocado toast? It's actually really good. Okay. Hello, everybody. Uh, <laughs> some people make it their whole personality. That's all. Okay. That is true. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's start tonight's show. But before we, we get started, um, later on today, we're going to be joined by the host of the podcast, Film Music Friday. So we're going to be talking about musical scores with him. So make sure you stay tuned for that. With March less than a week away, we are quickly approaching the anniversary of the lockdowns, which closed not only our country, but much of the world. Well, except for South Dakota, which apparently doesn't know about the pandemic. If there has been one MVP over the last year, other than Dr. Fauci, I'd argue that it would be Zoom, the video conferencing software almost everyone had to learn to use. Tonight, we thought it might be fun to discuss what we have learned about using Zoom this past year. So it's TMI Daily's Zoom Etiquette 101. So first, before the lockdown last year, had any of you used Zoom or any other video conferencing software? Let's start with you, Elizabeth. Just Skype, but only like occasionally. And it's FaceTime. But Mm -hmm. it's funny, my mom and I FaceTime each other. But neither of us wants to hold the phone up. So we just lay it to look at the ceiling while we talk on the phone. (laughs) And it's because the connection was better, the Wi-Fi. (laughs) <laughs> than my than like my cell service in my apartment. So, 
That's yeah, fantastic. I'm the same way with you. Like I was using Skype. Like I had to use Skype. I had to use FaceTime. You know, Facebook Messenger. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's about it. Pete, what about you? Well, when when we were um, first doing, um, well, not when we were first, when we were doing TMI Hollywood, our show, um, we used to have Monday meetings with writers. And so occasionally we would have them um, Skype into the meeting or something generally like that. But it usually would have us talking while they sat somewhere in an angle that they couldn't see anything that was going on. And we just ignored them. So it was really just kind of a waste of their time, but we did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Diana, you hadn't used. Not Zoom, but um, with us, since we have some, before the pandemic started, we have employees who telecommute um, out of state. So we used WebEx. Oh, okay. And um, it was really easy to use, you know, for our lab meetings. But, you know, we ended up coming to Zoom, you know, in April. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even though there are a lot of options for video conferencing software, like the one that Danny just mentioned, um, it seems that Zoom has become synonymous with it. Do you think that going forward, Zoom is going to be used the same way people called making a copy of something Xeroxing or how a Polaroid is always used to like associate it with pictures or a photograph? What do you guys think of the term Zoom? Is it going to last? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's so yeah. ingrained. Definitely. <laughs> was was it was it added to the the Webster's dictionary this year? I thought I read. I don't that, think that so. Was... I don't believe so. I don't think so yet, but but it will. It had to be. End, end of this year, probably. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, does anybody actually say um, I'm going to go WebEx right now, or you know, I'm going to go Microsoft Team? <laughs> People <laughs> used to say like, oh, we'll Skype in or Skype, and I think just Zoom's 100 percent replaced that. Yeah. For the record, I fucking hate Microsoft Teams. <laughs> is it? Is it any like? What's the difference? It's like, not drastically like, different. It's just not quite this as good. And yeah. also, my job forced us to stop using Google Docs to do like shared, you know, uh, notes and things like that. And, like you have to use Microsoft SharePoint because it's secure for our company. Which fine, I get it, but also. My job, we weren't exactly trading top secret information on the uh, on the document. It was mostly like, hey, look at this weird story. Let's cover it tomorrow. <laughs> well, one of my high school friends told me, hey, let, not, let's have a happy hour. Let's get people together for a Zoom happy hour. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's going to stay part of our lexicon, I think, for quite some time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how about we break down some of the lessons we've learned from a year of Zooming? <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start now. (laughs) Make sure you tell everyone in the house when you're Zooming. David Turner. David. Oh my God, who was that back there naked? Lord, turn your camera off, take me on. So for those of you that are listening to the podcast, so we would just watch videos of people on Zoom, and there were people in the background that probably didn't realize that they were the other person was on Zoom. So most of them weren't wearing any pants. (laughs) Various states of undress. Yes. Like most of us are most days. Yeah, I'm the I'm the only person who puts on jeans every day because it's the only thing that gives me structure in my life. I'm actually wearing jeans today, too, and it feels good. I was like, wow. I feel alive. Like, I'm doing something. (laughs) Like, I'm contributing to society. It takes so little these days, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It really does. It's those little things. That that (laughs) denim on my my thighs. Hell yeah. (laughs) Because after not wearing them, you're kind of like, oh, please let me fit into them. Please let me fit into them. (laughs) Yeah, it's also a good gauge to see how you're doing (laughs) it. Of food, so... Yeah, today I was like, okay, I'm going to put on jeans today. Okay, so kind of on that same note, tell people you are cheating on your significant other with when you're Zooming. <laughs> Insisto, algunas tan nobles y con tanta fuerza y tan importantes como la Benemérica. Okay, so that was in 
Spanish, and there's a guy who's you know on a Zoom call. I think most people saw that probably. But yeah, yeah. that was like one of the first real Zoom fails that people were seeing on TV. Was she naked or? Oh yeah, she's she was completely naked. Oh, I thought she was at least in like bra and undies. Yeah, I no, I don't, I don't think. I mean, like I I watched it slow down a couple of times, and it doesn't seem. It seems like she's completely naked. And again, maybe it's just me thinking it is, but that's what it seems like. <laughs> Yeah, because she just walked by pretty fast, but I thought she was wearing any clothes either. Um, so why do you guys think it's become so hard for people to keep their clothes off while there's a live camera in their homes? Do you think it's just like habit that we haven't been able to break that habit of, you know, we're home, we want to be comfortable, even though it's been a year already, that this is happening in almost every household? What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, and because it, the zoom itself is so commonplace now you don't think about it as like a thing you need to be aware of you're just sort of like oh they're on zoom or i'm on zoom and you just don't think for like it's almost like being on a phone call you know you could walk around your house naked with your phone and no one would know but everyone just kind of forgets the video element of it I just I think it's funny because in in my uh, in my extensive life I've never walked around my home nude, um, and so like I just find it funny to see that so many people think that they that it's okay to do. And if you know, and there was actually quite a few more of these, um, but these were the ones I picked because they were the least horrific ones. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, some people should should like you know I don't know if, who watched the show um, Arrested Development, but they should be like Tobias and be like never never nudes, never nudes. <laughs> uh, because you know now that we have cameras all around all the time, nudity is just not nearly as good as you thought it would be. Well, to be fair, Pete, our house has like hundreds of cameras alone, so that's probably my and work. still I'm never nude. Yeah. I, I don't even like to get nude by myself. Our like, house is like a maximum security prison inside and outdoors too. We've got tons of cameras, dog cams and whatnot. This is a this has always been weird to me. Is, I hope this sounds not super weird when I explain it, but so uh, when I was growing up we only had one bathroom, you know, with a shower in it. Um and sometimes uh, everyone in my family but me would be like, I forgot to bring like pajamas in to change into after I toweled off or whatever. And so it, it was just opening the door and yelling, look away, and then darting into like whatever the other room is, wrapped in a towel. But it was just like, what the hell is my family doing? And I, as far as I know, no one else did that, but I'm sure. But it sounds like everybody else is just like walking around, no warning, no like heads up. At least my family was like, turn your head away from the, you know, the bathroom, I don't know. Just yeah, no, it just—it seems like now people just decide, "Fuck it, we're, I'm, I'm going to be yeah. naked." And if there just happens to be a live camera somewhere, so be it. Yeah. But that's yeah. good for America because we're so uptight Puritan about everything. Uh, <laughs> it's time for people to get a little more casual. Not uh, like masturbate at work casual, but like you know, there's a middle ground. Yeah, totally. Okay, so moving on to our etiquette, politicians should probably have an aide set up their Zoom call. We'll move on to uh, Senator Langford. My, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, Mr. Chairman, I think Senator Carper is there. I think he's okay. trying to be able to queue it all up okay. right now. Senator Carper, can you unmute? I'm un- I'm unmuted. Okay, there we go. We, we don't want to be on TV again. In COVID-19, we must make sure that our nation's sole proprietors and the smallest of small businesses Receive timely. Will the gentleman suspend? I'm sorry, Mr. Emmer? Yes. Are you okay? I am. <laughs> uh, You're um, upside down, Tom. I, I don't know how to fix that. Over the last year, we've seen a lot of government hearings with video conferencing involved. Do you think it's made it harder or easier to legislate? <laughs> uh, I don't know. So I, I think I think in theory it would have been like a good thing because our 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 politics has gotten so combative that it's easier to have gigantic balls when you're not in the same room with people. Yeah. But the problem is they all don't know how to how to not hit the mute button. So you could only get like testing with people just so much before somebody says, You're muted, you're muted. And and that's always a problem, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. 
Now, again, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, the last uh, video that we showed, um, the person was actually upside down on the screen. And that, was that Maxine Waters? No. Who asked? Yeah, yeah, was that was Maxine Waters. Okay. Was like, Waters asked, are you okay? Because the gentleman was upside down. Because here's, so, here's the frustrating thing is uh, Zoom is pretty straightforward to use, I think, as far as, like, Very logging easy. in, having your camera on you, and knowing, like, where the microphone, like, you know, the mute, unmute thing is. And it's one thing to be like, oh, you're muted because you forgot to unmute yourself. But, like, I don't know what people do to settings to try to, like, be fancy, but they inevitably fuck it up. So it's like, just have an okay-ish background that's, like, normal of your room or whatever. Because anytime, like, frankly, the older generation's like, what if I do a green screen? Chaos reigns. (laughs) They look like idiots. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Always use the restroom prior to getting on a Zoom call. For to the individual provinces, mm-hmm. uh, WCB. So there's uh, a couple forms that you're going to need to fill out, uh, and when you do that, Kevin, were you just in the bathroom? What? What are you doing? No. What are you doing? Were you just in the bathroom? No. Profession is one of the only professions that say that we like we can never get involved with a former client ever, regardless of how long it's been. Versus like some other professions, say a few years or whatever. I think it really depends on just like the ethical standards of the profession. And in reality, I've heard that social work kind of has very high standards and and like <laughs> like good standards in terms of things, and that oftentimes people don't like people of other professions don't have. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) What happened? I saw nothing. So these people that were caught going to the bathroom during a Zoom, did they not realize that it was like two-way that they could see them? Did they think they were just seeing the other people, but the other people couldn't see them? I think this the girl, like, if you notice, if you watch the video, she realizes at some point, because she spins the, the yeah. computer sideways. Oh, my God. And, um, but I think she probably hears the laughter. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you not I, know you're not, like, you, I can see myself right now. Yeah, how do you not know not whether you not, stop the video or not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, you know, the, the only problem that I had when I was trying to put all these together today was that, uh, you know, there are some people that are literally doing this as a joke now. Mm-hmm. And like and some of them, I'm sure, doing it with within their like like their school community. And then some are just going on other people's Zooms to do things. But like so I had to try and figure out which ones were real. What? What's the term called? Oh, um, I don't Zoom know. Zoom bombing? It, it might be no. See, I think the I think the Zoom bombing is just if you're oh, that's actually, just crashing. Like, yeah. like if yeah, if you crash on somebody else's Zoom, no, no. But there was like this one guy who I, I mean I don't know how he could still be in college after this because he was like he was showing all the different pranks he was doing during like online courses. But my favorite one is he's sitting in a class and all of a sudden you hear in the background. And when you get a chance, could you please take in the laundry? And then he yells, "Mom, I'm on a Zoom call. Shut the fuck up." <laughs> And then, and the first part time I saw it, I thought, oh, okay, oh my God, we got to use this. But then I realized, like, like I went and looked at the next clip and I'm like, it's the same guy. And now he's talking about how, how, um, what did he say? He is, somebody else yells something and he yells, that's why daddy left us. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, okay, so this is just messing with people. So before I move on to the next one, um, I want all of us to kind of imagine ourselves back in high school, like a high school version of ourselves. How would you have reacted if somebody would have seen you go into the bathroom and you were in high school? I mean, isn't high school cruel enough? Oh, I'd have to crawl under a rock or be like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, are they doing missions to Mars? Excellent. Launch me into the sun. Fuck it. I'm not, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> I was class president. It would have been horrible. (laughs) I I mean, Veronica can speak to this probably better than anybody, but I'm like a dog who's been beaten too many times. So he doesn't want to go to the bathroom ever again. Not that I was beaten for going to the bathroom, but um, I I, I like to go to the bathroom in shame. So if this ever happened, I just would have dropped out of school. 
I, yeah. I just like that would have been the end of my education. I, yeah, I, time I, to go I, off. Time to go off grid. Yeah, like yeah, he like, wouldn't have had to explain it. I just that would have been it. I'd have been done. So if you're doing a Zoom remote report for a show like Good Morning America, don't forget to put your pants on. CVS and UPS say initially the final leg of prescription journeys will be done by ground carriers, so people won't be getting their medication dropped out of the sky into their mailbox just yet. But the companies do say they will scale up the program if it is successful, guys. Very cool. We love it, Will. Thank you. So just so you guys know, that reporter was actually not disciplined for being caught on camera without pants. But do you guys think that Good Morning America, like, sent out notices to all the employees? Like, oh, yeah. Definitely. Because if you're on camera. Like, if, if you really looked, like, you probably wouldn't catch it unless you, you watched it multiple times. But you could tell that Michael Strahan immediately noticed that the guy yeah. wasn't wearing pants yeah. because he's trying not to giggle th- th- throughout the whole thing. His, when, when he he's, the two shot. his legs are are blocked by the like lower third the banner, and so I only knew to look kind of above and below the banner because I knew he, I think this was I was like oh this is the one where the guy doesn't have a pants. So like below the banner, just like a little hair, you can see a little bit of thigh, and then yeah, when it went to that slightly wider shot with the no banner, then boom, he's like totally exposed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 like a, one of those things where like unless you know to look, you probably don't notice it. But when it goes into the two shot, you yeah. clearly could see he's not wearing pants. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> another thing we have to do when we zoom is to remember to be kind to our pets. First, I'd like to introduce my cat. Listening to the podcast, this man. Oh my God. I want to introduce you to my cat, and then he tossed the cat like a football. Um, <laughs> so that was actually the, that was actually the Vallejo Planning Commissioner who was forced to resign after that video was leaked. Fair or not? I think it's animal abuse, personally. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's completely fair. Yeah, because like Definitely. my cat, my cat comes on screen sometimes here, sometimes at work. And sticks his cute little face right in the camera. It's the cutest thing ever. I love it. Uh, and coworkers think it's funny, but I'm, but sometimes I'll like try to walk on the laptop, and you just gotta pick him up and move him. Why that guy felt the need to like be like, "This is my cat," and just like chuck the cat to the side. I don't know. He was launched. It was well, ridiculous. He, yeah, well, yeah, he I launched mean, that cat. You know, the, the the part I didn't show was like a few minutes after this. He got up, went to the to the kitchen and got a beer and comes back and he's drinking a beer and he's clearly slurring his words. So he's a oh, little shit. drunk. And <laughs> then he started making comments about like racist comments. So kind oh, of, boy. it so, probably wasn't just the cat that got him fired, yeah. got him kicked off the, uh, the commission. But yeah, that probably wasn't a good start, though. I've, I've seen, seen some good like problems with him. <laughs> I've seen some good pet like. Uh, like local newscast interruptions like someone's cat like launched itself like at the camera while the person was like and another you know and then weather and suddenly this cat just comes flying out of nowhere oh my goodness too funny i mean yeah that wasn't funny though but i just think that he, yeah he should have gotten fired but i'm sure there were other issues with him i mean anybody who tosses their cat aside the way he did i'm sure he's got a lot of other issues too <laughs> So all of this time, we thought that accidentally muting during a Zoom call was bad. Maybe it was, maybe it was actually the other way around. Here are some examples of people who didn't realize. Coming in on what it actually is, right? What did you say? I don't know. Somebody's unmuted. Who they? Yeah, but this class is stupid. I don't need to hear it. Whoa. Oh, no. <laughs> Love that. Rude. Rude. Never had a sushi burrito. Let me see. When does this class end? It is at six thirty. Is it Chloe? Is it you, Chloe? Get out! Yeah, it's uh, Chloe. Oh no! Someone else is somewhere on the call. Um, <laughs> uh, good business students that may have started working again, and uh, we found out the university department waking up till about uh, about two o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. So, um, so this may still be lunchtime. I don't even know what the fuck she's talking about, but she just keeps fucking talking. 
it's my production class, and it doesn't make sense how we're going to do this shit online because we're literally supposed to get hands-on professional grade equipment. Bro, you ain't on mute. You ain't on mute. Yeah, I I can hear you, but very good. I mean, these are good questions. I understand. <laughs> but you, yes, yeah, that's can, fine. It's okay. Talk about it. You want us to use like um to make entire short films oh. to just use our phones? I have the yes. So, <laughs> you can you can you can use uh um, excuse me that's when you become most, most creative no and lights and shit wait <laughs> i think that was pretty self-explanatory <laughs> i love the one with the pickle like what the fuck was that I, I said she's like she's like she's doing asmr with that pickle <laughs> so weird now, I think the most important rule when it comes to Zooming is to make sure that the zo- uh, check your Zoom filters before a meeting starts. Let's take Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to uh, uh, take, take We're a trying look. to... We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter... It, the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's I'm here live. That's not. I'm not a cat. I can. <laughs> I can't handle that video. <laughs> When he says I'm not a cat, that's the part that you feel me. <laughs> I'm prepared to go forward with it. Oh my god. The the That's, that's the greatest video ever. That's the so, best scale so, of the pandemic, I think. Yeah, hands down. Someone pointed out they're like, if you let a child like touch your phone or computer and you have to go do something for work, check everything on that phone or computer because kids turn on the weirdest shit in your electronics that you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way some like, practical like, advice. For as many practical joke zooms as, as, as there are out there, there's no way this is a joke. Like, like I, you know, I watched, I watched just the edited version, and then I watched a longer version where there's like this whole setup to it, which made it even better because the other guys are on screen still, and they're discussing about starting the case, and they're just waiting for him to show up, and then all of a sudden here comes the cat on the screen. <laughs> And his, his little old man, uh, oh, this is so great too. <laughs> but when his eyes get really big and he looks down, that's the part that I- Yeah, like the worried <laughs> eyes on the cat are the best. <laughs> I actually, this is not a Zoom filter thing, but my, uh, this maybe what goes more with the make sure you're muted thing, but my brother was on a Zoom work call and he said, like, what was, whoever he was talking with was like a real stickler about like, Make sure you're muted because he's got kids, you know, they make noise in the background, whatever. But my brother was on like a, a work Zoom and my niece, who was five, walked up out of nowhere and she just said, he fought it and it smells bad and just walked away. <laughs> and my brother just sat there and was like, she's lying, first of all. <laughs> and then he was like, I don't know why my kid had to troll me so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> but he did fart though, right? Like we're, No, we're, he didn't. She's a little, oh, she's a little oh, troll. She's, he didn't. Oh, she's a she's a wee little liar. <laughs> <laughs> so so finally, the most important tip, if you really have to masturbate, can you at least wait until the Zoom meeting is over? Please. All right, so we do have some bad news for Jeffrey Tubin. If you don't know who he is, he is CNN's chief legal analyst. He's also a reporter for The New Yorker. Tubin allegedly exposed himself on a Zoom call with his colleagues last week. And as a result, he's been suspended by the magazine and is on leave from CNN after he asked for some time off. So Tubin has apologized to his family and his coworkers, saying it was uh, an embarrassingly stupid mistake and an accident. He thought he was muted and off camera at the time there so he thought he was muted and off camera like do you have to masturbate that bad that you like, just no, no job allows you to masturbate like that short of actual porn 
<laughs> so what made him think it was fine to do just because he was at home uh, during work hours, but on a Zoom where he thought he was <laughs> muted exactly. and, you know, the camera off? You can't just jerk it during the work day <laughs> <laughs> on the job. I mean, yes, you can jerk any time of day you want, but like, could you like fucking chill for eight hours? What what yeah, meeting was he in that that he was so turned on that he had to go just go for it right there? Like oh, CNN political analysis. <laughs> yeah, like it just that's because I mean, that's the question. Because you know that's the first question most guys thought of immediately after. It was like, what? Who else was on the, that Zoom call? <laughs> poll poll numbers hate- just get him fucking rock hard. <laughs> Well, I hope we provided some, you know, tips for Don't do any of those things. Don't do any of those things. And I'm not a cat. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. So we hope we provided a service to you all today. So just follow those rules and your Zoom meetings will go just fine. Okay, so let's move on. Our guest is ready to come on. Probably the most underappreciated part of film is the music. A bad film can seem better with a good score, and a good movie could be great with the right music behind it. Our guest tonight, Aaron Smales, hosts a podcast called Film Music Friday, in which he talks about the music of films. Please welcome Aaron to TMI Daily. Hi, Aaron. How are you doing tonight? Hi there. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well. Thank you so much, and thank you for coming on tonight. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. So can you please tell our audience about your podcast and what led you to create it? Sure. Um, So, yeah, it's called Film Music Friday. Um, It's Film Music on Friday. Um, Essentially, I uh, started it because um, back uh, maybe in June or July of 2020, um, on my public Instagram page, I had created um, uh, every Friday like uh, a sort of what I just called Film Music Friday, where I would share a piece of music from a movie uh, and share a bit about the composer, about their works and their future works, um, and my own opinions about the music. Um, yeah, and then I would share it, and it would just... I got some nice feedback from it, and uh, eventually I thought there might be something more here that I could um, you know, expand my audience, expand my reach, um, because I am passionate about it. It's something that's from the heart, and... Uh, so yeah, I just uh, I created a podcast uh, about it, and um, yeah, here we are. So, and do you have a background in music, and is this something that you've always been interested in? Well, yeah, um, I I'm I'm primarily an actor. Uh, I studied acting at the University of Victoria here in um, Victoria, British Columbia, and uh, but I was raised in a musical household. My parents are both musicians, music educators. Um, so yeah, I've been playing piano since the age of uh, seven, I think. And so, and, you know, being a love, having a love of movies, you know, the natural sort of inkling is to really focus on music uh, in movies because it's, it sort of, it really spoke to me in how the music, uh, or rather how the movie comes to life is also through the music. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I said in your intro that a film score may be the most underappreciated part of the movie. Do you agree with that statement? I can you speak a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because sometimes like the music will uh, stick out in a movie in a good way. Like, oh, that's an iconic, iconic theme or that's a really great uh, soundtrack. Like, you know, your Star Wars, your uh, Indiana Jones, anything by John Williams, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes if the purpose of the music is to sort of be an undercurrent and you know, support the story in a sort of minimal way. Um, either maybe, you know, the average audience member might not notice it, or um, sometimes it's just worked in so subtly that it can be um, missed or, or just it becomes sort of one with the picture. And, and, you know, if you're consuming the picture, you're consuming the music maybe subconsciously. Um, so I think sometimes it depends on the genre of the, of the score and of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes perfect sense, actually, you know, the way that you're describing that. Um, I have to ask you, what is your favorite film score ever, if you have to choose one? And also, is the movie that it's from one of your favorite movies or not? Oh, yeah, these are good questions. Um, the My favorite film score is The Grand Budapest Hotel uh, by Alexandre Desplat, and uh, which he won an Oscar for, his first one. Um, 
and it is i i always have trouble you know uh, wondering if i have a favorite favorite movie of all time but it is definitely in my top five or my top three favorite movies the grand budapest yeah because i was thinking you know when i was thinking of asking you this question you know i know some people you know feel like oh if it's my favorite movie then i'm gonna automatically love the score but it doesn't always you know work out that way no yeah not necessarily yeah Yeah. so you you mentioned john williams a couple seconds ago so Mm -hmm. i have another question for you um this is something that we ask people whenever they come on here to talk about music scores do you think composers like john williams Hans zimmer um jerry goldsmith are the beethovens and mozarts of this era what are your Mm, thoughts that's a really great question um back in the in the classical era and the romantic era those composers were also held in high regard but their music was consumed very differently and so i think that um i mean short answer is yes i think they are sort of the mozarts and and um and uh, beethoven's of of this era um but i think that the fact that it's they're in a separate medium uh from like just concert music um is another sort of factor behind that um but i think they are definitely as well known or even more well known than some of those other composers yeah yeah i like to always ask that question because it's very interesting to hear you know the different perspectives but i agree with you too i I feel the same way. Okay, so I have one final question before I open it up to our panel. Well, it's actually two questions in one. Um, Can you give me an example of a bad film that was held by a good score and the opposite, a good film that you feel got hurt by a bad score? Okay. Hmm. Um, This is is lucky because sometimes I would would draw a blank trying to think of a bad movie, but um, uh, actually... um, I just watched this past December um, the, I mean, I thought there were some problems with the movie uh, in, in and of itself. I wouldn't call it necessarily a bad movie, but um, I think there were definitely some problems. Uh, George Clooney's The Midnight Sky, which was just uh, added to Netflix recently. It's a very new movie. Um, I thought it was um, a little confusing at times. There were some plot points that, uh, you know, and there's, parts of the movie that are in um intentionally deceptive because it, the whole it, the question of the movie is like is what the main character Joe Clooney's character uh is what is he experiencing real or how much of it is real so that's like a question the movie poses so it makes the audience wonder okay how much of this is you know real and how, what's is this plausible what you know i had trouble buying in per se and um but the music was actually by Alexandre Depla as well and I loved the music because it was so, it's Deplay is a genius and the music, uh, shone through, um, a lot. And I, and I was able to enjoy the movie, um, enough, um, due in part because of the music. Um, as for the opposite, uh, huh, a, a really good movie with, um, I mean, sometimes for me, it's not necessarily if the music is bad, but there are times when, I would watch a good movie, but if if the music, like what I was saying before, if the music is really um, subtle or uh, very much an undercurrent to the story or, or it's minimalistic, um, if I have trouble noticing it, um, like sometimes I'll think, oh, that, like that music, where was the music in the movie? I, I couldn't, you know, and it's not because it wasn't there. If there's a whole soundtrack album and it's like, oh, but um, yeah, sometimes it's not as, um, it doesn't shine through as much. And then, yeah, I mean, that's always a letdown for me because I think it's a, always an opportunity lost. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let me open it up to the panel now. Does anybody have any questions for Aaron? Let's start with you, Elizabeth. Are you into composing music yourself? And if so, if, yeah, I can't, I can't talk. Sorry. Is there a movie that you like would want to compose a different score for? Mm, that's a really good question. Um I do compose myself um, and I've actually only just as last year sort of begun my, you know, sort of journey into, into film scoring. Um, I have some uh, local opportunities that have arisen uh, within the last uh, six, six or seven months or so. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, it's like, I don't know if I would ever put that upon myself to, you know, to re- recompose another uh, uh, another movie um 
but I think that I definitely do have those thoughts where it's like, ah, oh, like I, I would have done something differently there or that, yeah. that scene deserved something more than what it was given or, and then you never know if, if those decisions are all the composer's decisions or all the director's decisions. Usually there's a collaborate, obviously a collaborative effort there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, you, you, we will, we will, sometimes we'll never know, um, how much say, in one scene the director has or the composer has. Okay. Uh, did you have a question? Yeah. Um, I was wondering, so because you, you also compose music, do you ever sit in a movie and, and does the music sometimes distract you because you're, you're thinking as a composer? Cause like, I know as a writer, like there's some times when I'm sitting in a movie and I lost and I lose the, the, the place in the movie because I'm, busy thinking about what the writer would be thinking of. So I'm just wondering if that happens with musically inclined people as well. Right. Well, I've thought a lot about this and I mentioned this a bit in one of um, the episodes of, of um, my podcast. Um, I think it's my episode, uh, episode four on underscoring um, because when I, and I thought a lot about this because like when, you know, when we go to see a movie and if it's like a story, we don't know, like I'm seeing, like I'm talking like a movie for the first time you're hearing music for the first time. It's a story you're taking in for the first time. Everything's fresh and new. We inherently as moviegoers, we want to understand what the characters are saying and what the story is. We figure out the story and the music is there to support the emotion behind that essentially, you know, at, at its mm-hmm. bare bones. So for me, when the, when there are opportunities for the music to shine through, uh, in say a scene with no dialogue and it's just visuals and music and it, it's just really interesting. Um, yeah, like my mind always is is always really interested and in, and really trying to pick up on what. Um, and at, in the, in recent years, um, as I've developed my own uh, abilities with composing, and then um, I'm able to sort of pick up on what a composer for a movie is doing or what uh, combination of instruments or what you know something like that. Um, but I, I don't. There are times when it's distracting, but like, for example, with the Midnight Sky I was talking about, um, there was a point where I was sort of resigned to not, you know, not necessarily caring how the movie was going to end. But I was just there was a point where I was just content to just sit back and kind of enjoy the music, you know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely um, I definitely do. uh, I definitely do. I think I feel I have a heightened awareness of the music because of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any more questions for Aaron, Danny? I know you mentioned you really liked the score from um, Alexander Desplat, but would you consider him your favorite composer of all time? Of all of all time, I'm not sure, but he's definitely my favorite composer working today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so my... there's somebody other than him. Yeah, I mean favorite? my my all time favorite composer is George Gershwin. Um, uh, Rhapsody in Blue and all that. Uh, he, I was introduced to his music just from uh, my piano teacher actually in the eighth grade, and um, yeah, I, I was I was just totally taken with his not only his music but also his life story and everything. So he's probably my favorite composer still of all time, and yeah, Diplom, my favorite composer working today. Cool. Obviously, like a score is very different from a soundtrack. But is there a movie you really, where you really like the soundtrack to it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's another thing is in, in my podcast, I mainly cover original music and scores. Um, but like, yeah, I've totally, there are definitely some awesome soundtracks. And it's, and it's interesting what goes behind a soundtrack as well as like a director choosing specific music that, that is pre-composed for an entirely different reasons, obviously, but that suits a scene or that suits, you know, this point in the movie suits the atmosphere of this particular movie. Um, yeah. Um, some great ones that come to mind are, um, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood as amazing soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one thing I loved about that one is that, you know, Quentin Tarantino, he, uh, is, is, is very detailed and, 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 um, specific, which I love, but he, I'm pretty sure like all of that music was popular at that exact time you know, for when the movie was set, which is just, you know, um, which to some, it might be like an obvious thing, but it's actually genius because you can, um, you know, you can pick and choose. It's, it's, you have creative license, but he chose to have it sort of st- the musically steeped in that, those months of 1969. Um, 
but yeah, um, I would say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, there's a few others. Um, Call Me By Your Name has an amazing soundtrack. Um, yeah, I'm blanking, but there there are definitely lots. And then there is interesting because there's like where soundtrack and score kind of merge is like movies like La La Land, where mm-hmm. it's like a musical and it's like a soundtrack because there's songs and you sing along, but there's also some instrumentals and all the music is original written for the movie. So it's an interesting merge of those two concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, are, are you into musicals, musicals at all? Do you have like a musical that you really enjoy? Um, I do like musicals, not as much as some of my um, uh, theater friends who are really like, jazzed about musicals all the time. Um, but I do love um, some classic musicals, your Music Man, your Fiddle on the Roof, um, American in Paris. Um, those have all have great movie versions as well. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I am, I definitely have, I definitely lack in, um, musical theater knowledge, but, um, there are some gems that I've, that I've definitely, um, fallen in love with over the years. Uh, big music man fan. So yeah, you sold me. (laughs) (laughs) Any final questions for Aaron before we move on? Okay. So Aaron, we actually had an idea to end tonight's show, um, to play a little game with you. Are you up for it? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, great. Absolutely. <laughs> we actually came up with it today. That's why I didn't write the email oh, great. about it. But, okay. <laughs> I love that. So when I say hum the theme to Star Wars or Jurassic Park, almost everyone can do it. We thought we'd end tonight's show with our guest with a game to see just how well we know less famous movie scores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we'll play a clip and then we'll first ask you, Aaron, a question. Sure. If you answer it correctly, then our panel, if, if you answer it, excuse me, incorrectly, then our panel will try to get the, try to answer correctly. For sure. I'm like all over the place. Okay, okay. Pete, I'm handing it over to you. <laughs> I was thinking, why don't we do it this way? It'd be much more fun. Why don't we have everybody answer the question, but let, yeah. let, we'll let, we'll let Aaron answer first and then, and then everybody else will answer. Let's see who gets the most right. <laughs> um, and so these are not going to be your more typical um, movie themes. Um, and each one of these questions is kind of thematic in a sense. Thank you. I figured out what right. it was thematic in a sentence. Okay. So our first track is from a James Bond film. Now, instead of telling me what film it's from, tell me if, if Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan, or Daniel Craig was the Bond in this oh, movie. Man. So, okay. so you kind of have to figure out what the movie is first and then say, so let's right. play a little bit of this track. Okay, so we did. Was everybody able to hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. So, so Aaron, would that have been Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan, or Daniel Craig? Well, it sounded pretty modern. But I could be wrong, but it sound my first instinct is it's either Pierce Brosnan or Daniel Craig. I'm gonna say Daniel Craig. Okay, Elizabeth? Uh weirdly leaning towards Roger Moore for no logical reason. Okay. <laughs> Danny? I also think it was Roger Moore. Okay, and Veronica. I'm gonna say Pierce Brosnan. Okay, well, the correct answer actually is Roger Moore. That was from uh, The wow. Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, Ooh. wow. Ooh, okay. Interesting. I was way off there. <laughs> I have seen that like <laughs> once, so. Yeah, me too. Very proud of myself. <laughs> so here, here comes our second question. Now, I, I'm going to say something that I'm sure everybody agrees with me. Everyone knows the original Planet of the Apes films were far superior to the reboots, especially that one that Tim Burton did. Oh, yeah. um, this next track <laughs> we're going to play is either from... Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, Conquest for the Planet of the Apes, or Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Let's let's listen. Okay. So you heard the track, Aaron. Yeah. Beneath, Escape, Conquest, or Battle. Hmm. I'm going to say escape. Okay. Any, any reason why? Yeah, it sounds, it sounds, uh, I mean, <laughs> it sounds tense. 
as opposed to battle, which was as just opposed like a to battle, line. which is yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Veronica, why don't you go first? Hold I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, they escape because I'm just visualizing them, like you know, hiding or trying to get away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Danny, conquest. Conquest. Okay, and Elizabeth. I'm going escape. Yeah, because it sounds like people are peeking around walls. Apes are peeking around walls. <laughs> a lot of tiptoeing around. Okay, well, one of you now has two points. Can you guess who? It's Danny. Danny, Danny got that right. It was conquest for the planet. <laughs> yeah. Did you know it or did you guess, Danny? How would you know this? <laughs> I guess. I mean, with, with the same um, with what he would. Sorry, with what Aaron was saying. I kind of felt like it was more like a conquest than hiding. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. So, so now the next one, the 1970s were the era of the disaster film. <laughs> this Our next track is from one of those films. Is it from Earthquake, The Poseidon Adventure, Towering Inferno, or The Swarm? Let's listen. Okay, so that's uh, that's from a disaster film. Is it the earthquake, side adventure, towering inferno, or the swarm, Aaron? Something tells me the earthquake. Okay, Danny, you you seem to know everything. (laughs) I want to say towering inferno. Is that what you're going to go with? I'm going to go with towering inferno. Okay, Elizabeth. I'm going to go with the swarm because it sounds like people have just crested a hill and are seeing the swarm. <laughs> okay, and Veronica? <clears throat> I'm going to say the swarm as well. Okay, well, this is the first question that none of you got it right. Uh, that was actually from Poseidon Adventure. And, uh, and I'm, I'm oh, shocked because wow. that's one of my favorite movies, so I was surprised nobody would know that. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, it's going to be too obvious if it's Poseidon Adventure because that's such a well-known movie and like soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's got to yeah. be a morning after kind of thing. Oh, that was it. That was it. Well, morning after is <laughs> that's the, the love theme, right? <laughs> this was the actual theme from Poseidon Adventure. Oh, okay. Interesting. Right. <laughs> okay, so Aaron, so far, I think we're going to have to give your show to Danny because he seems. To- yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. I got one wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's keep going. So, um, some movies are better known for their soundtrack hits than for their score. Which um, so. So with that in mind, which one of these 1986 hit films with a hit soundtrack um, is this next uh, piece from? Um, I'll give you the names of the movies after I play it for you. I think I know. Okay, so was that from Pretty in Pink, Iron Eagle, Top Gun, or nine and a half weeks, Aaron. It was a bit familiar to me, even though I've seen. I haven't. I've in the, so I, I'm saying the only one that I've seen is Top Gun. So I'm going to go with Top Gun. Okay, Danny, you said you you thought you knew. What what do you think it is? I I I also think it's Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Okay, Veronica. It's definitely Top Gun. <laughs> and Elizabeth. Yeah, it's Top Gun. You can be my wingman anytime. You are all correct. <laughs> yeah, so, that's for the end, right? Where they're like, you could be my wingman anytime. <laughs> uh, okay, so now, Aaron, you finally got one right. That's good. You still got a shot here. Yeah. So here's our fifth question. We've got 10 questions. To, all okay, together. cool. So Marvel has, some of the, has had some of the biggest movies in the last 20 years. How well do you know the soundtracks of their films? So this next track, let me play it for you, and then we'll see where which our choices are. Okay, so that's from a Marvel film. It's either from Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, First Avenger, Avengers Endgame, or Ant-Man and Wasp. So, Aaron, what are you thinking? Hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go with Doctor Strange. Veronica? I have no idea, so I'm going to go with what Aaron said, Doctor Strange. 
Elizabeth. Um, Captain Marvel. From Captain Marvel. Okay, and Danny. I'm not mistaken, that was played at the end of Doctor Strange. Okay, well... You're all you're all right except for Elizabeth. So oh, yes, it, I should have. It was Doctor Strange. I yeah. even I even tried to tip that one because I gave you the wrong name because Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel, but Captain Event and Captain America is the first Avenger. Right. So I, just, I was trying to be helpful. You, <laughs> yeah, you know, so yes. so Aaron, you're you're still in this, but Danny's right. Danny, Danny's still ahead here. <laughs> cool. So Danny, Danny, you only missed one so far, right? I think so. Yes, yes. So you're four for five. Okay, so here's number six. Everybody knows the main theme from Star Wars. How well do you know other score elements from the franchise? Let me play something from one of the franchise films, and you'll tell me which film it's from. Mm And by the way, before we answer this question, Danny, I, I have to ask you, you actually knew it was from the end of, of, of Doctor Strange. I just realized that. Yeah. That's insane because that was the, the end credits for Doctor Strange. Just so you I know. actually just saw that uh, two weeks ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so getting back to this question. One of the few I hadn't seen just, in the Marvel Universe. It just came to my head. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> how did he know that? So, okay, so we just heard that clip. Was that from Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, the Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones? Aaron? I'm going to go with Return of the Jedi. Okay. Um, Elizabeth? I'm going Return of the Jedi. That was some Ewok shit right there. Um, Veronica? I don't know anything about Star Wars, so I'm going to go with what they said. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and Danny? Ditto, Return of the Jedi. Well, you're all right. It's Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yes. It's, um, you said it was it was some Ewok shit. What, I uh, did say it was some Ewok shit. So, like, why? What, what gave it away? Like, I, I uh, the the I I don't know which instrument it is. This, the it's not a tuba. Is it a baritone, Aaron? Maybe I think so. I would. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good guess. Ooh. Yeah, it sounds Look like it's me. a lower brass instrument. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Quit. I quit marching band in ninth grade. Right on. Go <laughs> <Tell> me. <laughs> Love that. I played trombone, so I'm a fellow. Uh, you know, I, I, I quit clarinet. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I quit marching band and went to the coolest thing possible, theater. You're two people who didn't get dates in too. high school. Okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so sorry about that. Look um, out, world. Here's our next question. <laughs> Some films are known for being scandalous, but not for having a great soundtrack. Um, this next track is going to become is going to come from a film that was kind of scandalous when it came out. Okay, so was that Showgirls, Fatal Attraction, Fifty Shades of Grey, or Basic Instinct? Aaron. I'm going to go with Fatal Attraction. Okay. Um, Veronica? Yeah, I'm going to say Fatal Attraction as well. Elizabeth? Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Daniel? Daniel, I'm at that. Now I really think I'm in high school. Um, basic Instinct? I don't know. Uh, before, before I answer, um, Elizabeth, do you want to throw your cat across the room? No, I'm here. I'm not a cat. The cat's here, though. Well, well guess what, everybody? Danny got it right. That, that no was way. actually wow. from Basic Instinct. Oh, my God. Danny, you Why are... Why can't this happen on Fridays? Because I've been on a you know, losing streak on Fridays. Aaron, I'm going to say I'm gonna say two words to you. Co-host. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you talking about, Danny? You nailed the whole little baby rapper category on Friday. Yeah, I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky you didn't get that those questions out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're moving on to number eight. Although most films have full orchestral scores, some scores are done just on piano. This is from a film that the score was done predominantly on piano. Let's listen to it, and then you'll tell me what film it's from. Mm. 
Okay. So was that from the conversation, her, American Beauty, or the firm? Aaron? Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the conversation. Okay. Yeah. Danny? It's the firm. Elizabeth? I, I'm like positive it's the firm. Okay, what, what, what were the other <laughs> options again? Okay, here's your options. The co- the conversation, the uh, the fine Francis Ford Coppola film. Um, her, you know, with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, American Beauty or The Firm. Well, I want to pick her, but Danny's been right every time, so I guess I'm going with The Firm. That's fair. Veronica? Fair choice. I'm going to go with what Danny says, The Firm. Okay, well, here's here's a, here's a little pop fact before I give you the answer. The same person who um, created um, this score also created the theme for um, for uh, Will and Grace, so that's why it might have sounded slightly similar. The uh, the composer is is Dave Grusin, and it was from The Firm. Nice. So Danny, I love, it. I love that movie. <laughs> there you I go. I really really like that movie. I knew it couldn't be the conversation because that doesn't really have much of a score, and they just repeat that one song the whole time. Well, it's funny the, the the conversation in the firm of the two of the two of those four that I hadn't seen. So, it was oh, funny. okay, yeah, conversation's really good. Yeah, you'll be really paranoid by the end, though. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's question number nine, and clearly, Danny's already won the game, but yeah, now yeah. we'll just keep going. <laughs> Disney has always been known for its movie music, but not not so much for their scores. So, um, this is a score from a Disney film. Tell me what movie it's from. I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know too. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to say before I even? <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Okay. So the, the choices are Mulan, Finding Nemo, Pocahontas, or Hercules. Aaron. Oh, I'm gonna go with Hercules. Okay. Um, let's go with, with Veronica first now. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Finding Nemo. Okay, Elizabeth. It's totally Mulan. It's Mulan. Mm. Uh, the correct yeah. answer is Mulan. Jesus. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we got to stop giving you music questions. Yeah, you're like insanely good. <laughs> well, this is the last one. Maybe you'll get this one wrong. Danny. Maybe. <laughs> so the soundtrack from the baseball film, The Natural, is considered to be one of the best soundtracks of all time. Um, so for that reason, we're going to ask a question about another another movie uh, about baseball. So uh, this next track is going to come from a film about baseball. I'm going to play it, then I'll give you your choices on which film it is. Sure. Okay, so Aaron, was that from Moneyball, 42, Field of Dreams, or The Rookie? It sounds like some of these, if I haven't seen them, I can at least, I'm just, I'm guessing based on time period, what the music sounds like. But again, could be dead off on this. Um, I'm going to go with Field of Dreams. Okay. Danny, what do you want to say it was? I think he's right. I think it's Field of Dreams. Veronica? Okay, this was one of my dad's favorite movies, and I literally watched it about 45 times with him. It's definitely Field of Dreams. Okay, and Elizabeth? Yeah, it feels like Field of Dreams. Well, you're all correct. It is Field of Dreams. So Dan went nine for ten. I think think you went went about three. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. (laughs) But it doesn't mean you're not not an excellent guest or... (laughs) <laughs> we're, all win- we're all winners here. You just know yeah, there really is no winners today. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Though? It really is amazing though when you hear some of these songs. You know, like it just triggers either a memory or you just you go back and you remember, like, oh, I like right now with Field of Dreams. I'm horrible at like movie scores, but that just triggered a memory in me, and I said, I know exactly what this is. So it is. It, it's wonderful, you know. It is. It is. I and this is something I talk about in episode ten, the, the last, the most recent episode of my podcast, um, the season finale. There um, is about the power of music and m- music beyond the film and taking 
um, film music out of the context of the movie. And then because when we listen to it, you know, either it yeah it brings back those memories or it brings back um, or you're able to sort of apply the emotional situation of that movie or something in that in the mm-hmm. score with your with the present the present moment. Um, you know, music generally is very powerful like that, but movie music, there's another sort of element to it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, I really, I really love that whole concept. Yeah, absolutely. So before we let you go, Aaron, can you let our audience know where they can listen to your podcast and how often do you have new episodes? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, you can listen to my podcast, Film Music Friday on Apple, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Um, and uh, I've just wrapped up the season for the moment. Um, I'm not sure when the season two will be happening, but it will be happening um, eventually. Uh, I st- however, if you follow the, the uh, podcast on Instagram at Film Music Friday, every Friday I do share, um, I still do Film Music Friday minutes. So it's like I share a piece of music, like I was saying off the top, um, and talk a bit about the composer. And uh, and yeah, it's just a fun way to um keep the podcast going and uh and uh yeah new new podcast episodes will be um coming soon and i just followed <laughs> awesome thank you so much <laughs> he's just gonna show up on your podcast and be like step aside aaron take yeah. it over <laughs> <laughs> hey i mean i'm all i've uh i had two guests on uh in the past uh in the first season there so i'm i'm totally cool to have guests mm-hmm. oh well, thank you again for joining us, Aaron, and we'd love to have you back. Come back anytime. Thank you so much. Perfect. Yeah, this is really fun. So that is our show for tonight. We'll be back here again tomorrow at 6 p.m. We will be joined by stand-up comedian, voice actor, and host of the Acting Funny podcast, Shane Ryan. We'll be talking to him about comedy film history. So we'll be talking some more films tomorrow. Have a good night, everyone, and stay safe. Bye.